My name is Chrissy Butis. I'm the Chief Government Affairs Officer at NJBIA, and I'm pleased to have with me the Vice President of Government Affairs, Ray Cantor. Ray handles all of our energy and environment policy, and there has been a lot going on in this space. And through our Take on Trenton podcast today, we hope to give you a little bit of a sense of what you should need to know as our members related to some of the key policy initiatives that are being discussed by Governor Murphy and the legislature. So why don't we hop right into it, Ray? Let's go. Couple of key things that have been on your plate lately. One is Governor Murphy's energy master plan. So the governor has a goal of 100% clean energy by 2050. He also executed an executive order um, last week as well that has some specific parameters in it that I think our members would be really interested in hearing more about. So can you tell us a little bit about the Energy Master Plan, some of our involvement in the process, and also the executive order? Well, absolutely. Uh, well, let me start with the Energy Master Plan. So last June, uh, uh, the governor of the BPU came out with a draft Energy Master Plan. And this was really um, the first Energy Master Plan of the state that looked at all energy sectors, not just the electric generation sector, but was looking also at transportation and how we heat our, our homes as well. Um, and it was really, um, in a sense, revolutionary. It called for 100% clean energy uh, as far as electric generation is concerned. And it called for the complete electrification of both the building sector and the transportation sector. You know, obviously, that, that could have significant ramifications moving forward. There's about a six-month process where we, other groups um, are around the state, the BPU had a number of hearings. We participated, we sent in extensive comments, and last week um, they adopted a, a final plan. That plan, unfortunately, uh, did not take you know, you know, our comments into, uh, into account. And again, it basically held up the same standards they were doing before, uh, a little bit more detail as to how we're going to get there. So uh, again, it, it calls for 100% clean energy, uh, a lot more wind, a lot more solar. It calls for the phase out of natural gas, which creates a number of problems in um, for a number of our businesses and as a practical matter. And then, you know, uh, as you mentioned, the governor also the same day signed an executive order, Executive Order 100. And that executive order called for uh, the Department of Environmental Protection to change its regulatory programs, basically its air and its land use program, to implement climate change policies, to take into account um, climate change impacts. The problem with that is that we don't know really what that means. Um, it could mean um, very little, just elevating your homes in order to take into account potential sea level rise, but we're concerned that it can mean a heck of a lot more, and we think it's going to mean you know, a, a lot more. Um, if you're going to build anything in the state of New Jersey, um, you know, the Department of Environmental Protection is going to require some permit of you, uh, a land use permit for stormwater or for um, building in the coastal zone or for wetlands or for flood hazard. You know, the, their regulatory reach is extensive. And then you combine that with the air program and they also talk about the solid waste program. So almost any activity you do in New Jersey as a business, you know, touches DEP and, and their regulatory programs. If they impose um, really broad and may, at the moment undefined regulatory requirements, such as tell us how your permit is going to impact climate change. Um, you know, that analysis itself is difficult to do. It's costly, time consuming, and uncertain. That you know, has a chilling effect on business in and of itself, much less the standard that they're gonna come up with, which we don't know, 
um, you know, could be um, could be anything. They could be requiring you have no net impact of carbon releases. They could require that you do mitigation. They could require that you put in EV charging stations or not use natural gas in your facility. So we're really concerned with where this is all going. Um, a couple of stakeholder meetings have already been called. We're meeting with the commissioner of DEP in a couple of weeks. So um, we're going to be very much involved because the impacts on business in New Jersey could be substantial. Yeah, and I didn't hear a lot about uh, the costs of doing all mm. this. And I know that's part of the, the conversation um, that we've been driving forward with the BPU and the DEP and, and through our various stakeholders is that, you know, this is just, this is the plan, but we also want to understand better how it's going to impact our members who are the ratepayers of the state. And so I trust that as this process, as you outlined and meetings coming up, that you'll be uh, continuing to communicate how, yeah, what is the cost of this and how will it impact our membership as you go on with those meetings? No, absolutely. And when we commented on the EMP in this draft form and even now, we had two really central themes. One, we wanted to make sure that we had, you know, reliable energy source. Um, uh, so when you turn on your lights you know, in the future, you know, you know, the lights come on when you go to heat your building or your home, uh, that, you know, uh, the energy is actually there to perform those functions. But cost is essential. Um, you know, uh, when their BPU was doing this process, they talked about trying to um, promote um, the least cost option. But the least cost option doesn't mean it's affordable. Um, and we were always driving home the affordability, you know, um, you know angle of this. Um, you know, we already have the ninth highest electric rates, you know, in, in the nation. Um, you add on to all the renewable requirements that are already out there in the law, and then you, re, you know, add on to that, you know, what the EMP is proposing. Uh, New Jersey could be, you know, even more affordable state. So we have to make sure that those energy costs stay, you know, in line with what people can afford, both as residents and as businesses, and that, you know, energy is reliable as well. So I think it's fair to say that we're going to continue the conversation with the BPU and the DEP. Appreciate them continuing, obviously, to meet with the business community and with BIA for you to further communicate our members' thoughts. Um, clearly, we're still pushing for diversification as well, um, not just one fuel source, but that multiple come into play and that obviously the the impact to the rate payer should be something that should be considered during all of these conversations no, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Uh, and we're having those conversations, as you said, with the BPU and with the DP, DEP, with legislators and, and the administration and with our business colleagues, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. Everyone has concerns and we're forming coalitions to make sure that we share information and everyone knows uh, uh, what's going on. Thank you, Ray. And just for our members, if you are interested in learning more or getting more involved in uh, Ray's uh, advocacy efforts, our Energy and Environment Committee is a great place for you to do that. And I would encourage you to reach out to Ray directly. Um, our information, both of our information can be found on our website under the Advocacy tab. So, Ray, why don't I just switch gears a little bit out, uh, a little bit here. Transportation and Climate Initiative, known as TCI, is a regional uh, collaboration of 12 North these states uh, to improve the, the transportation sector, essentially. Something you haven't heard a lot about, but I know that you're knee-deep in this policy because it, again, could impact our, our members. So can you give our members a little bit of an overview of why this is important and what you're doing in this space? No, absolutely. And uh, the Transportation Climate Initiative, you know, TCI, you know, really is related to all the energy um, proposals that are coming forth. Although New Jersey at this point has not specifically said they're going to participate in TCI, but they're still 
being an active member in uh, in developing it. And what TCI basically is, it's, it's 12, members, uh, 12 member states plus the District of Columbia, mm -hmm. and it's basically Reggie, uh, the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, a cap and trade program for transportation. They call it a cap and invest program. Basically what it would do would be uh, placing a cost on carbon. So distributors of uh, gasoline and diesel fuel in New Jersey would have to pay a certain amount, you know, to the state uh, in order to sell, you know, their product in, in the state. There's estimates depending on how far they want to reduce the amount of carbon that transportation uh, could could emit, it would be a cost between five and seventeen cents per gallon, mm -hmm. and the money that they raise, around two to three hundred million dollars per year, would then go to some projects to offset, um, you know, carbon from the transportation sector. There's still a lot to be on that's unknown at this point in time. There's a draft, you know, MO, uh, MOU that's been out there, um, you know, and they look they're looking to have this program in place by the end of 2020. Governor Murphy, as I mentioned, has not yet committed to TCI, but he could do so at any time. And I think maybe when he does his budget address, we may get more information as to whether or not you know, we're, we're committing to that. But that's one of the strategies that uh, the state might use in order to basically electrify or reduce carbon emissions from the transportation sector. Okay. Again, and we're keeping a very uh, careful eye on that as well. Okay, and again, if members have any questions, please feel free to reach out to, to Ray directly. A couple of key other items that have been discussed in the legislature, um, a lot of discussion during the last legislative session about banning plastic bags and possibly paper bags. Uh, can you just give us a quick overview of where we are right now with the new legislative session? Well, very quick, and let me just back up to the last legislative session. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bill that um, did not get passed by both houses. It ended up being passed by just the Senate last time. And that bill would uh, essentially ban uh, single-use paper and plastic bags, mm -hmm. uh, and it would ban, you know, polystyrene. Um, but, you know, uh, again, it did not get the votes last time to pass uh, the, the legislature. It was just brought up in the Senate Environment Committee. Uh, it was the first bill that uh, mm -hmm. Senator Bob Smith took up in his committee last week. It was the only bill he took up, mm -hmm. you know, in his committee last week. Um, and that bill, uh, essentially the same bill that was voted on, you know, in the Senate last time was, was brought up again and voted out again. Uh, the major difference this time, though, it only got three votes to release. Uh, two, the, the two Republicans on the committee abstained. And interesting, interestingly, Senator Bateman um, said in you know his comments on his uh, mm -hmm. abstention is that he was the twenty-first vote, which is you know the, the number that mm -hmm. you need in order to get a bill out of the Senate. He said he was the twenty-first vote to release it last time, but now he wants a much more simple bill. He wants just um, a bill to ban single-use plastic bags, he wants the polystyrene and the paper out of the bill. So it's very questionable at this point in time mm -hmm. whether or not there's enough votes to get a bag ban bill out of the legislature. Okay, so more to follow on that piece of legislation. And then lastly, there's been some discussion about this concept of food waste. So can you give our members a little bit of an overview of what this is and how this is progressing through the legislature? And that's very timely because just this week as well, the Assembly, Environment, and Solid Waste Committee took up um, food waste legislation. Mm -hmm. Again, this is a bill also, um, uh, this bill actually um, made it to the governor's desk last time. The governor conditionally uh, uh, vetoed that bill, but it did not make it through uh, again to, uh, to become law. This bill would basically, it's trying to take solid waste, or excuse me, 
take food waste out of the solid waste stream, so it's not going to landfills per se, but it's being recycled in, in one sense or another. But there are a lot of questions involved as to how big the facilities are, what's the cost going to incur. You, you see that cost is a common theme mm -hmm. with, with, with all these regulatory proposals. And also there are a lot of counties that have invested tens of millions of dollars in systems of the landfills to capture methane gas that comes out from when this food waste is, um, you know, decomposing, and they t capture that, you know, gas and they turn it into a usable product. And if this bill goes into law and the, uh, the waste is no longer going to landfills, then those um, landfills have, will have spent tens of millions of dollars without being able to get a return on, on that investment. So again, a very controversial law as well. It was voted out, you know, in committee by a 401 vote. Um, again, uh, we're anticipating there will be extensive amendments moving forward, and you know this is just the first week of the legislature. <laughs> well, thank you, Wright. And as Wright said, first week of the legislature for a two-year session. Uh, so we have the governor's budget address coming up uh, later this month, and so we'll be back to make sure that you are apprised of everything that Governor Murphy uh, includes in his state of the budget address. Um, Clearly a lot happening in the energy and environment space. We just covered four quick items today, um, but we do have ways for you to get involved with our uh, committees. And so please feel free to contact myself or Ray. Um, again, our emails and phone numbers are on our website at njbia.org under the advocacy tab. And if you have any questions or would like any topics covered, please uh, let us know. Um, so I guess we'll be back next time uh, talking about the governor's budget address. So thank Thank you for listening today.